going to talk about one of the beasts. There's two beasts. We're just going to talk about one of them tonight. But let me read this chapter 13 about these two beasts. And I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leper, leopard, and his feet were as the feet of, <coughs> excuse me, of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. And I saw one of his heads, as it were, were wounded to death. And his deadly wound was healed, and all the world wondered after the beast. And they worshipped the dragon, which gave power unto the beast. And they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast, who is able to make war with him? And there was given unto him a mouth, speaking great things and blasphemies. And power was given unto him to continue forty and two months. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God, to blaspheme his name, his tabernacle, and them that dwell in heaven. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. If any man have a ear, let him hear. He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. He that killeth with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth. And he had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon. And he exercises all the power of the first beast before him and causes the earth and them that dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. And he doeth great wonders so that he maketh fire to come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. And deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of these miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast. Saying to them that dwell on the earth that should, they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by sword and did live. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast and the image of the beast should both speak and cause it as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. And he causes all both small and great rich and poor free and bond to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. And that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. And the number is six hundred, threescore, and six. Some hideous looking creatures, ain't they? Hideous looking creatures. And what these beasts are, what these two beasts are, are just instruments in the hand of Satan, in the hand of the dragon. And he uses the, these beasts, these instruments in his hands to attack the Lord Jesus Christ and his people. And two beasts are described, hideous, hideous in appearance, 
A real, real monster. The first one. And the second, that second beast there in verse 11, who had two horns like a lamb. The second appears humble, which makes him more dangerous than the first. Because he's got horns as a lamb. And he appears like someone you can trust. The first beast, he comes up out of the sea. And you know when you see in the scriptures, the sea in the scriptures, when you see it referring to people, it always refers to a great number of people. Not the sea actually. And you know, you've seen places where you say, boy, it seems like a whole sea of people as far as you can see. Well, so he comes up out of the sea. He comes up out among people is what he's doing. And he says he saw him as one coming up out of the sea. And this is Satan's hand. This is what he uses as his hand. This first beast as his hand. This is, this, is his, this is his right hand. This is his hand. The second beast that comes up out of the earth, this is Satan's brain. This is his mind. So he's got something to use with his hand and his devious, devious mind. And that first beast, this first beast, this one with this hideous, hideous look, is the nations and governments of the world. That's what that first beast represents, the nations and the governments of this world. And it's obvious they're controlled by Satan. It's obvious that they're run by Satan and all the people that's in power and authority. It's obvious. We'll deal with that in a minute. And that second beast, he comes up and he's representative of false religion. False religion, anti-Christian religion. And the philosopher of this world but there's a third instrument, and we won't, we won't see it yet, but look over in Revelation 17, 5. Here's the third instrument that he used. He's got another instrument that he uses. And this called Babylon the harlot. And this is a woman, and upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery Babylon, the great mother of harlots, and abominations of the earth. This is the third instrument that he uses. Babylon, the harlot, the mother of all harlots. And when he's talking about harlots, he's talking about spiritual harlots, spiritual adulterers, people that turn against God, turn against Christ. So these three, these two beasts in Babylon, the great harlot, they're used of Satan in his attack on the earth, on the Lord Jesus Christ, on his people. And anti-Christian persecution, that's the first one. That's, that's, I mean, they, they hate Christ and they hate his people. And our Lord himself said that. If they hated me, they'll hate you. Don't you be surprised. That's the first beast. The second beast is anti-Christ religion. It's anti-Christian religion. Because of all the signs and works and wonders and miracles that he did. And then Babylon, she's a seductress. It's anti-Christian seductress. You know, they seduce people. And the scripture Paul warned about being seduced by the devil, being led astray by the devil. And so is Babylon the great, great harlot. So remember that. The first beast is persecution people against God people against Christ 
The second one is Antichrist religion because all this and all the miracles and works that he did. And the third one is that one that seduces people out, seduces them and seduces them into false religion, lulls them to sleep, brings them and seduces them to believe a lie and love a lie and go to hell with it. God said they'll go to hell with the lie in the right hand over in Isaiah. But here's the first thing we'll look at this first beast here. And he said, I stood upon the sand of the sea. And I saw a beast rise up out of the sea. And oh my, and like I told you, the seas represents nations. The seas represents governments. And you know you can see that. You can go see that in the Old Testament in several different places. I'll not have you turn there tonight. And Satan's always used nations. Satan's always used governments. And he does now. But then it said here he has seven heads and ten horns and ten crowns upon his heads, the name of blasphemy. Ten, ten, ten horns and upon his horns ten crowns, the crowns upon his horns. And the title over his head was blasphemy. Blasphemy. And when it talks about him having seven heads, that means that he assumes different forms, different ways of dealings with things, different attitudes throughout history. You go throughout history and you'll see how Satan uh, forms himself to beat that situation. You go back into the Babylon. How he used Babylon. And how he used the Assyrians. He used them. He said he used them. And then you talk about the Roman Empire. Nobody was crueler than the Romans. Oh, they were cruel. I read to the men tonight, back about under Nero, and under Domitian, and under the Caesars. They had altars made of incense, and the emperors set themselves up to be God. And if you didn't burn incense on their altars, then you was considered unpatriotic and they killed you, executed you. And they would persecute you. And if you was a Christian, they'd per- persecute you till you told somebody else was one and they would kill both of you. And I read to them tonight that Nero would set Christians on fire and set them on fire and then light up the night with their bodies burning and they would have a big garden party and watch it happen in Nero's garden. And I tell you what, he, he uh, and I tell you, that's the Roman Empire. Then you got the Grecian Empire. They certainly didn't want anything to do with God, didn't want anything to do with Christ. And then when Lenin and Marx came and took over Russia and destroyed all the czars, the first thing they outlawed was religion. They had the there's the Roman Catholic. Let me give you a little history lesson here. The Roman Catholic Church is the West. And the Greek Orthodox or the Russian Orthodox is the Eastern part. But they all come out of Constantine who was the first fellow that recognized Christianity. So he set up the Roman Catholic Church so he could control it. And over here on the east, they had the Greek Orthodox Church, and they all wore big crowns, and they wore big old long black robes, and had big old beards. 
And then they had the Orthodox Church in Russia. The same way. All wore big crosses and, and you know, they just, it was just a bunch of ceremonies and hocus pocus. Just exactly like the Roman Catholics. But anyway, when Lenin and Marx took over Russia, the first thing they did was outlaw God. God will not be mentioned in Russia. God does not exist. And that's why you Russians are some of the cruelest, meanest people on the earth is because they do not believe a God even exists. And if you don't have to answer to a God, you can do anything you want to and no consequences to it. That's just a little history lesson. And then look at America. Look at America. People say, well, America's you know, it's a Christian nation. It's ne- there's never been no such thing as a Christian nation. You may, y'all may not like that, but there never has been a Christian nation. There's been Christians in nations. There's been Christians in nations, but there's never been a Christian nation. And I tell you, this this is this is you know when you look around you, you can tell that Satan's running this world. You look at all the nations. They all get together. And then all these big things. And they're all, well, everybody wants to be the big, big shot of all our big shots. Why do they do that? Because Satan's controlling them. Satan's manipulating them. Satan, just give you an idea of several things he's doing right now. He wants to bring socialism. He wants the government to take every right, every power, and every authority out of the hands of the people and put it in the power of the government. You know why? So he can control us. That's right. I'm telling you the truth. <laughs> and I'm not trying to get in religion. I'm just, I mean, in politics, I'm just telling you the truth. He wants people, he wants people under control. He wants, he wants everything that could save us, for, you know, that we could uh, defend. Every time they pass a law, it takes a right away from somebody. And they're laboring hard. And I tell you, you know all the abortions? Satan's the bad daddy rabbit of abortion. He's a thief, he's a murderer, he's a beginning. That's what I'm telling you. He's running this world. People don't, they don't know it. Even the people that's doing it don't know it. The Jews, look what they did to Christ. Satan was the son of perdition. I mean, Judas was the son of perdition. So we can go on and on and on. It's obvious that Satan is behind everything that happens in this world. In China, it's against the law to be a Christian. In Vietnam, it's against the law to be a Christian. They catch you with the Bible, catch you with a group of people meeting in somebody's home, they're going to come in there and they're going to arrest you. They're arresting people in Canada because they're not cowtown to what they say they ought to do over this virus. So I'm telling you, Satan is, uh, he's cruel. He's cruel. He is cruel. And then it says here, now that's a little history lesson. And then he has ten horns. It says he has ten horns. And on those ten horns, you know, because having those seven heads, he can assume different forms. And he said, having ten horns, that means he's very cruel. And these heads, these horns are crowned 
with, with crowns, not the head, the crowns. And, and Satan rules this beast. Satan's the one that wears the crown. And he used the government's nations to carry out his plans. And look what it says there in the last part of verse, verse 2. And the dragon gave him his power. He ain't got no power. Satan gave him his power and his seat and great authority. These people will sell their souls to have a title and a name and a power and prestige and a throne and a title. And then look what it says on his head. And upon his heads, on all seven of them heads, it says it's written the name Blasphemy. <laughs> that tells you how wicked he is. Blasphemous. Blasphemy. Oh my. And I tell you what, these this these heads here, these worldly rulers, they blaspheme God. They demand titles of sovereignty. Savior. Oh, how many men have said, Oh, listen, if it wasn't for me, our country would be lost. And I saved the world. I saved our country. I saved the world. They want to be called Lord. They want to be called Master. They want to be called Father. There was Domitian. He outlawed Christianity altogether. Outlawed it. It was against the law. And he, you know why he called his name? He said, I'm master and I'm God. Both. And you'll either worship me or die. And you know, no wonder Paul was martyred. No wonder Simon Peter was martyred. Because they wouldn't do it. And you know, Daniel over in chapter 7, you can look at this your own self. But Daniel saw four separate beasts over there. And every one of them had these images. Every one of them had a certain thing about them. But here in this beast, he's combined in one. And look what it says. Talking about this beast. He's, he's anti-Christian government. Now look at his body. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard. Now we, you know whenever you mention a leopard in the scriptures, you know what the first thing he says? Can the leopard change his spots? Can the Ethiopian change his skin? Neither can you that are accustomed to do evil do good. Well, he called him a leper. He ain't, he's got spots and he can't change his spots. And when you talk about a leper, they're large, they're fierce, they're fast, they're swift, and they'll lay like a big old cat. They'll lay down like a cat just waiting, waiting, waiting. Somebody getting reach it, pounce on you. And that's the way he is. He's a leper. He can't change. And then look what it said. His feet is as the feet of a bear. And I tell you what. A bear is fast. And a bear is ready to crush you. Ready to tear you. Ready to take big cuts out of you. You know they talked about David when... When his son, oh my goodness, his name slipped my. When his son was trying to take over his throne. Anyway, when his son was taking over his throne, you know what 
one of his advisors told him? Absalom. That's who it was. Absalom. He said, you know, when he was fixed to take over, he says, now you got to watch your father. Because your father is a man of war. And if you mess him up, he's like a bear robbed of his whelps. And I, and I tell you what, a bear, you go messing with a bear's whelps and you're in trouble. And that's what they said David was like. He was that fierce. Like a bear robbed of his whelp. And then look at his mouth. And his mouth as the mouth of a lion. Oh my. The mouth of a lion. The lion roars. He roars. Growls. Great big ferocious teeth. And that's why even Peter called him a roaring lion. A roaring lion. And then in verse 3, look what it says. And I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death. Oh, one of his heads. Now he's got seven of them. So one of them received the wound. And I tell you, these seven heads represent seven, seven anti-Christian empires, countries, great empires. I'll show you that over here in Revelation 17.10. Look over here with me. Let me show you that. One of them received a wound. And in fact, he received a wound to death. He, he died. His deadly wound. He died from it. He, one of his heads died. But look what he says there in verse 10. He says there are seven kings and the seven mountains. And seven kings. Five are fallen. And one is. And yet another is not yet come. So there's five one got wounded. This is the head that just got wounded. And the other, the seventh, has not yet come. And when he does come, this seventh king, he must continue a short space. So you see, one of his heads was killed. And it said over here in verse 3 that one of his heads was wounded to death. Now watch what happens now. And his deadly wound was healed. And all the world wondered after the beast. <laughs> one of them appears to cease to exist but he is healed he resumed his power resumed his power and oh my I done told you about in John's day Rome how they hated Nero and how they all done the things that they do you remember when Peter and John were preaching and they healed that lame man at the gate beautiful gate and they called the, the Sanhedrin, 70, the big, the 70, the, the rulers over Israel, they called those two men in their presence. And they said, we warned you and warned you, don't you preach again in this man's name. We don't want you preaching his name. Don't mention him anymore. Cease to teach or preach in his name. Now what if somebody come in here and told us that? You know what Simon Peter told him? Are we to obey God or are we to obey man? They went right back out and went to preach it again. Put Peter in jail that night. God come woke him up and said, come on. <laughs> so Lord go protect his people. And I tell you this, this head... He was revived under Domitian 25 years later. Master in God. 
And it says here in verse 4, listen to this now. And they worship the dragon. They worship him. They worship Satan. They worship him and give power unto the beast. And they worship the beast. They worship them. They're not conscious that they're worshiping them. They're not conscious that they're doing that. They're not they're not saying, listen, we're, I know the dragon's running this, the, the devil's running this thing, Satan's running this thing. They don't bow down and worship him that way. They don't do it that, that way. But what they do is that they attribute everything to themselves and that's what Satan loves, for them to be proud, to be feeling good about themselves. And then look what it says. They worshipped the dragon which gave power unto the beast and they worshipped the beast saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who's able to make war with him? And that's what they say about countries. You know, who's that? Who had better not make war with us? We can whip you. And then look what he had. Look at his mouth now. And when there was given unto him a mouth, speaking great things and blasphemies, uh, and power was given unto him to go for 42 months, the gospel age, and listen to how he opened his mouth. He blasphemed God. That's the first thing he does. He blasphemes God. Blasphemes God. Do you hear any of these rulers of this world mention God? Do you hear any of them say anything about God? Do you hear any of them say we need God? You ever hear one of them? You ever hear any president? Except the last president that mentioned God... I think it was Trump, but before him, the ones that actually had some sense of God was Abraham Lincoln, the last one that I know of, that had any sense of God whatsoever. But I tell you what, and here is this man, and he blasphemes against God. He blasphemes his name, makes fun of his name. To say that God ain't got no power is to blaspheme God. To say that his name doesn't have all authority is to blaspheme his name. To say that God's got a wonderful plan for your life is to blaspheme God. People blaspheme God every single day of their lives. Every free willer, every, every false preacher, every, every president, every king, everybody that stands up and goes and talks about how great they are and how great facts they've done and great things they've done and how they love the people. They are blaspheming God. God runs, listen, Satan, he's controlling the world, but God's controlling him. And I'm thankful for that. He God let him go so far. Did I tell you all about that time? And I've told you, I know I've told you this. But you, you know, when you read Bunyan's Pilgrim's Progress, they were out one night and, and, and they come up on this beautiful house and they're tired and they're wore out and they've been traveling. They're on their pilgrimage. They see this great, big, beautiful house up there and they want to go up there. It looks so inviting. Oh, it's full of lights. And he, they want to go and they come up there and they go by the, they'll go by there to get to this house and two great, big old lions come charging out there. And it scared them. Oh, they got so scared. And they easing around them big old lines and 
And them lions would come out and they'd get farther away and they'd come out and they'd come out and then finally they said, well, listen, they're on chains. So let's just stay out of reach of the chains and we'll make it. And you know, and that's the way it is. We get scared to death sometimes, but listen, God's got him on the chain. But I'm thankful for that, ain't you? He may roar at you sometimes. He may get on your shoulder and whisper in your ear. But I tell you, if you cry sheep, you ain't going to believe him. Oh, no. And then not only, but he blasphemes his tabernacle. He blasphemes where God dwells. Where the altar's at. Where the worship's made. And he even blasphemes them that dwell in heaven. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints. This is what I'm talking about. This is, this is, this is that nations persecuting the Lord's people. And, and listen, there's nations that... Who told us, said, said tonight, you're not even allowed to take a Bible into Saudi Arabia and these Muslim countries. If they catch you with the Bible, it's against the law. You bring alcohol into one of their countries and it's against the law. They can go to England and go somewhere else and do it, but you can't bring it in there. Can't even bring a Bible. Ain't that something? I tell you, I ain't going to go nowhere where I can't bring a Bible. Are you? Ah, Muslim nations. They don't even believe in God. They just believe in the prophet. And they would cut our throats and just laugh and laugh and just dance on our graves and think, boy, what a wonderful thing I just done for Allah. Just what I did for the Mohammed. Oh my, it's weird. I don't want to sound but I tell you what, we don't know how bad it is, really. We really don't. And I thank God we don't. I, I thank God we can't see like God sees, and we can't that He keeps things hid from us, and we keeps us in the light and keeps these things hid from us. But He warns us about these things. And oh my, it was given to Him to make war, and power was given over Him and to overcome them. I mean, that means that He slaughtered them. That means that He persecuted them. That means that they died. And I tell you, in England one time, there's two times in England where they slaughtered Christians. Under Henry VIII, and then when they had the ejection in the 1600s, anybody that was preaching the gospel, if you didn't join the Church of England, you had to leave your pulpits. They wouldn't let nobody preach publicly. John Bunyan spent 12 days in 12 years in prison because he preached the gospel. He was a Baptist preacher. And he preached the gospel. And they said, John, you're going to stop. He said, no, I ain't. They found him. He was preaching in a barn with a bunch of people. And they come and arrested him. And they put him in a, you know, they got these here stone bridges over there. And in the bottom of them bridges, they got cells on either side of it. And they put him in Bedford in a cell under this. And that bridge is still there. That cell is still there. He was under that cell. And they kept telling John, we'll let you out if you'll quit preaching publicly. He said, Moss will go on my upper lip for I'll not preach the gospel when you let me out of here. There was some, sometimes there was some men in this world. It always has been and there always will be. God never left himself without a witness. 
Now it's easy for us. We're standing here. We got a good, comfortable place, and it's hard for us to grasp these things. But we don't know what's going to happen before it's all over. We really don't. But <clears throat> and God gives this man power, and then he look at it there in verse seven, and he he comes overcomes the saints and. He given power over all nations, kindreds, tongues, and nations. And listen to this. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him. You know the only people who don't? Whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. You read it tonight. My sheep hear my voice and they'll follow me. Huh? You know who ain't don't worship him? Those whose names are written in the book of life. That's who does it. And I'll tell you what, let me let me go on here now and try to wind this thing up here. I don't know how long. But here he goes and he says, the only people that's not going to worship him and bow to him and give in to him, we've been, we've, God saved us from him. God saved us from darkness. God saved us from Satan. God saved us. He overcome him. Defeated him. And I'm thankful. And I tell you what, there's a book of life and every name was put in it. Was put in it before the foundation of the world. Because of that lamb that was slain. God gave them all that book and every name was put in it. You don't get your name put in there when you believe. You believe because your name was put in there. <laughs> Go down the list. It's time. <laughs> and then, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll quit right here. If any man has an ear, let him listen. That's what he said. If any man has an ear, let him hear. Hear what I'm saying. He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. Let them, people that's trying to take people captive and do what they did to the Lord's people and people in this world, they themselves will go into captivity. That man that comes here and makes war and kills with the sword, he's going to get killed with the sword. And so he's saying, if you may be taken captive and you may be killed with a sword, here is the patience and faith of the saints. You just wait and our Lord said this, told his people, In your patience, possess ye your souls. In your patience, possess ye your souls. <clears throat> our blessed Savior, oh gracious God, thank you for allowing us to speak again tonight. Lord, this world's in darkness and yet you brought us to the light. We've always known the whole world lies in darkness, in wickedness, but you saved us from it. And Lord, I pray you continue to protect us. Save us from this world. Don't let us in the world. Don't let the world in us. Please help us to honor you, glorify you. And Lord, if we're ever called on, to face things that would be very, very hard. We know at that time, at that time, you'll always give us the grace, always give us the words, always. You always did, your people. You always did. 
And we thank you for these dear saints of God. We pray for our dear brother Gary. God strengthen his body. Strengthen his mind. Give him rest in his body. Rest in his mind. And Lord Jesus, we pray for the others among us who are weak in body, frail in body. God, bring glory to yourself through us and keep us for Christ's sake. Amen. Jesus, 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 there's just something about that name. Master, Savior, Jesus, like the fragrance after the rain. Jesus, 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 let all heaven and earth proclaim kings and kingdoms will all pass away but there's something about that name amen good night god